never miss an episode of Pull Up a Chair, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify and Anchor. Follow us on Instagram at pullupachair.podcast and like us on Facebook at Pull Up a Chair with Ashley Mayer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pull Up a Chair. I've been away for a couple of weeks, but I'm super excited to jump back into things. There's so much to talk about. Today, we're going to be talking about inflation, Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus bill, masks, vaccines, border crisis, Biden stuff, everything. This episode is going to be both informative and opinionated. To be honest, I've not been satisfied with the Biden administration. I feel as though America is weaker under a Biden presidency, and it's unfortunate to say the least. The last time we talked, I had my first ever guest, and I hope you all enjoyed that because it was an incredible episode and it was so much fun to record. I absolutely loved it and was so satisfied with it. I do want to make a note before we jump into things. There's no rhyme or reason as to why I took a small break, but to be honest, I've been really focusing on the important and meaningful things in life. I've been spending great quality time with those I love and it's not purposefully, but it's it's really caused me to take a step back from things. Politics ultimately will never fulfill you in a way that, you know, your loved ones do. And despite the fact that I always follow it, I'm always up to date with everything. There's times where I need a little break. And if you ever feel like it's too much, take a break. It's so nice to take a break from it because it's so toxic. Politics can get so cutthroat and so nasty. And and a lot of times it, it's just not, it, it it's not a good thing to always be on track about. And it, it's something that I've definitely had to deal with and figure out how to have a healthy relationship with it. But Stuff will always be happening within politics and current events, but you know, you'll never get back those times with those you love. So cherish it and prioritize it when you can. All right. So enough of that. Just wanted to make a quick little note. But if you drive a car, you've probably been wondering what in the hell is up with gas prices and why are they continuously rising? The average in Colorado from September through November was $2.43 per gallon, and now gas is averaging around $3.27 per gallon, which is just awful. Today, I went to get gas, and I was excited when I found a gas station that was $2.91 per gallon because all the other ones said $3.19 per gallon, and I'm like, why am I getting excited about low-priced gas that is actually high-priced? That's really, I was like, okay, this is wrong. But gas is likely to hit its highest price since 2018. The acting administrator for the United States Energy Information Administration, Steve Nolly, ties this to more people getting vaccinations, which is leading people to travel travel more, therefore needing gas. But Nally is also saying that crude oil will be more expensive this summer, which is fun. 
The Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, or OPEC, whose mission is to stabilize oil markets to ensure that the just make sure that the petroleum industry is is doing well as it pertains to making money, as it pertains to consumers. They have cut their production so that they can hike up the prices. The OPEC was founded by Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and Venezuela, best countries in the world. Um, But the organization currently has 13 member countries, and their decision to cut back and hike up prices um, was largely made because of the pandemic. But the main takeaway here is that there is so much inflation that is already going on and it it is all all of this is just going to lead to inflation 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 former democratic treasury secretary lawrence summers warned the white house that inflation risks are far greater than deflation risks he also warned that the 1.9 trillion relief package could be damaging to the economy because it picks up three times the amount of the economic shortfall. So they're just like pushing money out there that one, we don't have, and two, we don't need to be spent. And this is going to then create too much inflationary pressure. The value of the dollar is on the decline and prices for everyday items have already gone up. The consumer price index is up 4.2% from last year. It was only expected to rise 0.2% per month, yet it's risen 0.8% per month. Energy prices are up 25%. Used cars and trucks prices are up 21%. Lumber prices are up 232%. The Biden administration is blaming the pandemic, and yes, Of course, this is happening because of the pandemic, but stop blaming and start doing something about it. Start creating solutions. How many times do we have to beg our elected officials to do something instead of just sitting by and kind of sweeping it under the rug with some nice, cute statement that people are like, wow. The stimulus bell has been such an excessive use of spending. And when the Biden administration talks about it, all they really say is, you know, this is what we want and the government is here to help. Well, let's reference the old Ronnie Reagan when he said, quote, the nine most terrifying words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. We could have learned a thing or two from that quote, but in this case, we we will learn. What comes from inflation? Lower investments, lower economic growth, fewer exports, lower incomes, higher prices. Bad, 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 and bad. When I say the government wants you dumb and dependent, I mean it. They want you jobless too, I guess. And again, I understand that we're feeling the effects of a pandemic, but when we shut down businesses and we keep them shut down, what did anyone expect? Why are businesses still not able to operate at full capacity? 
not because of science, I can tell you that much, is because the government wants you dumb and dependent. This is a perfect scenario of, of a situation where the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. So the people who usually tout that phrase about capitalism are awfully silent about this. And we just received this jobs report and my gosh, is it embarrassing. Economists anticipated 1 million new jobs. There were only 266,000. That's 26% of what was expected. And the Biden administration is pretty much just denying the idea that, that this is likely due to government handouts that people are receiving. During the height of the pandemic, many of my friends were receiving like upwards of $800 a week, way more than they would have been receiving had they been working. Many Americans are still receiving these kinds of payments. And I want you to ask yourself this. If you were receiving more money for doing absolutely nothing versus less money for working, what would you do? Seriously, think about that. What would you do? To be honest, if I was getting $800 a week from the government for sitting on my ass, I probably wouldn't work either. This is why another stimulus and continued unemployment benefits are going to cause a circus for our economy. The government should do everything in its power to incentivize Americans to go back to work, to make their own living, to live freely. But instead, they're disincentivizing Americans by leaving them reliant on the government and keeping businesses shut down. We're not going to realize how bad it will be until we go through it. And it sucks, but my generation, are we're going to be the ones paying for it. So I'm not happy about that. But on to my next favorite subject, masks. I mean, seriously, it's been so much fun getting awful acne from the things. And yes, I do wash my masks regularly, so don't come at me, but I'm tired of them. And you can't, I, I not you can't, but I don't want to think for you, but I don't, I don't believe that many people genuinely are still okay with wearing masks. I want to preface that I'm not anti-vaccine or pro-vaccine. I'm really honestly indifferent about whether you decide to get it or not. That's your choice. I think it's good to have skepticism about a vaccine. The fact of the matter is, is that the FDA has only approved it for emergency use. So that sways people, you know, okay, maybe I don't want to get it. The CDC claims to still not know whether someone is at risk of COVID if they have received the vaccine. Yes, there has been evidence that it helps with not getting COVID, but the CDC is claiming that they don't know. And so one would question that and that's okay but the woke mob believes you are a conspiracy theorist if you question these things 
Like I always say, skepticism is healthy and it's important to ask questions. What's most important is that you make those decisions for yourself, not the government, not your friends, not your school, you. Personally, I've received my first dose and I'm getting my second dose later this week. But I think the bigger question as it pertains to vaccines is why would you have to continue wearing a mask if you are vaccinated? There's been so much mistrust in the vaccine. And this is really because it's been so politicized. If you don't recall, during the vice presidential debate, Kamala Harris said that she would not take the vaccine if Trump told the public to take the vaccine. She did say she would take it if health professionals told her, but both Trump and health professionals said to take it and she took it. So what's up with that? Either way, she's taking the vaccine and is promoting the vaccine to Americans, the same vaccine that was developed under President Trump. So there's a starter on why Americans might not trust the vaccine. Biden's vaccinated. Most everyone he is around is vaccinated. So why is he still wearing a mask if vaccines work? To me, that tells the public, hey, I don't trust the vaccine. I'm still wearing a mask. I'm vaccinated, but if the vaccine works, I shouldn't wear a mask. But it's that's and when Trump was still president and we were going through the pandemic, I always said, I'm telling you, Trump's not going to wear a mask. We're never going to see him wear a mask because I think that a mask makes a president look weak in the sense that, you know, and I understand people wear masks. I I get the whole thing behind that. I'm not like a mask denier or whatever. I don't like them. I don't understand why you have to wear them if you're vaccinated. But usually the president of the United States has more leeway with that in that, hey, I'm the head of state. I need to look strong. And I think wearing the mask kind of says, okay, maybe I don't trust what's going on. Maybe I'm scared. And to me, with the whole vaccine thing with Biden, is that I don't trust the vaccine. He wore a mask while he was walking to to meet Jimmy Carter, but took off the mask when he was with Jimmy Carter. And Jimmy Carter's old and vulnerable, so it doesn't make sense that he would be wearing a mask beforehand, but not during the meeting. And for me, I think the most embarrassing thing of it all was when Biden shows up to a climate summit with Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping. I, I can only imagine what Putin and, and Xi Jinping think about this. But he was allegedly wearing a mask because there were three other people in the room with him, but they were all very socially distanced. And again, you're talking to the world stage 
and you're doing it on a video conference. And so all they see is you and they see you without a mask. China and Russia are America's enemies. And if I was Putin and if I was Xi Jinping, I would laugh. I wouldn't, I would, I would think that Biden was a joke and therefore that America was a joke. No one else on that was on the call was wearing a mask except for Biden. It makes us look weak. To them, it says America's a sheep to COVID and can be manipulated and tossed around like there's no tomorrow. Press Secretary Jen Psaki claimed Biden wore the mask to send a message that the U.S. is leading with precaution, but I'm not sure that's the message that was conveyed. Lastly, I want to talk about the border crisis a little bit. We've touched on the border and immigration a lot, so it's kind of more of an update than like going into it. But what a mess. Hundreds of thousands of migrants are coming into America each month. In April, there were 179,000 migrants at the border. A large portion of those migrants are unaccompanied minors. I'm not saying immigration is bad, but our country cannot handle the influx of migrants right now. We simply do not have the resources. And the resources we do have, like ICE, can't even do their jobs. They've been told to hold down. And when ICE can't do their job, smugglers, cartel members, human traffickers can get by easy breezy. There are now over 21,000 kids in shelters, far more than Trump ever had in what they used to call cages. That's another story, too, of the media just not being able to go to these facilities where they were keeping minors. And then when the media did get in, when politicians were able to get in, it was a mess. Yeah, they weren't fenced cages, but they were like like an acrylic like screen. So the they were still in some sort of box. They were overwhelmed with people and the images coming out of that were just awful. And explained why the Biden administration didn't want media in there because it looked awful. And this is coming from someone who heavily criticized Trump on, oh, kids in cages, kids in cages, kids in cages, and they're doing it themselves, which is no surprise because it happened under Obama too, and that's just the reality of it. But Biden appointed his vice president, Kamala Harris, to oversee the border, yet she hasn't even visited the border and really hasn't spoke much on it, like not even like a big presser on it. And so you would think that with everything going on with the border right now, the person in charge would have seen it. It's not like you can't go. You're one, the vice president, and two other politicians have gone. And 
why aren't you talking about it? Why? Well, we know why, because they're trying to hide the fact that it's a crisis because they have nothing under control. The thing about this is, is that this crisis isn't one-sided. This isn't just Republicans going after the Biden administration on their immigration stuff, on the border crisis. Arizona senators, which obviously Arizona's a border state, so they deal a lot with this, but Kristen Sinema and Mark Kelly, both Democrats, have asked for more resources. Arizona's been put in an awful position where they're having to send their state resources and National Guard to assist the border, but immigration isn't a state issue. This is a federal issue. And frankly, the president has not stepped up to the plate. I think Biden went into immigration issues thinking, if I just repeal Trump-era policies, everything will be fine. I don't think he looked much further than that. And if he did, it doesn't seem like he did. I mean, he signed all of these executive orders on, you know, his first week in office about immigration. Most of them were about immigration. Most of them were about taking away Trump era policies. And they were trying to, you know, incentivize people to stay in their countries and not just come over here. But all of this is backfired. I'm not going to say that Trump was the most incredible president as it pertains to immigration. It's a very nuanced issue. It has layers. It is a difficult thing to deal with. But he at least had like some intentions behind what he was doing and 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 more so addressed them than the than the Biden administration did. And just like the simple idea, the Biden administration has been very careful to call what is happening at the border a crisis. But when Biden did call it a crisis, the White House backtracked and said that the administration does not believe there is a crisis. And just in general, this has happened so many times where Biden says something, it's like, you know, rogue grandpa in the in the White House where he's doing stuff that the administration doesn't want him to do or say. And so they always have to cover for him and say, no, he didn't mean this, blah, 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 blah. And it's just a mess. And Jen Psaki doesn't even know what's going on. But that's, you know, that tangent. But it's just, it is a crisis. What is going on is a crisis. And they're being soft on it by not calling it a crisis because they don't want to offend people. They don't they don't want to make it seem like, oh, my God, you know, people can't come here. We're great on immigration. And also, if they call it a crisis, they're admitting that there's a crisis under their presidency. Bad optics there and the media is coming covering for them. But also new in is the wall. Biden opposed the wall, very much so. We talked about the wall in the like main immigration episode that I did, but Biden said on the campaign trail that he would not build one more mile of the wall. And he halted the border wall construction, but that's since changed. Local politicians and residents have pressured the administration into completing a 13-mile stretch, and most of it is because it affects a levee system uh, on the Rio Grande. But still, 
he's building a wall and it's another area of of the border that that migrants cannot just come through but looks like another promise not kept by biden i am biased and i will admit that but this administration as a whole just is kind of a joke and in the sense of leadership biden really hasn't addressed the nation that much when biden does he doesn't take questions from reporters when Jin Saki holds press conferences. All she has to do is circle back to them and doesn't really get an answer. To me, she kind of gaslights a little. And, you know, that's beside the point. But she doesn't ever directly answer a question. And she's not very, like, hard-hitting. She's very soft in that sense. It's like if she pushed back and she was, like, hard-hitting about it, it's like maybe some things would change. I don't know. But between inflation, spending handling the pandemic, the border crisis, how America looks on the world stage. I don't know if Biden's first 100 days were a success. And his address, his joint address, which was not a joint address, it was like maybe two, 300 people there. Half of them were falling asleep. I couldn't even, I was like, couldn't even pay attention. It was so boring. Anywho, the man doesn't light up rooms. He's very boring. He's very dull. He's very old. And I'll be interested to see what happens, you know, when 2024 comes. But the first 100 days of his presidency were not a success. And some, you know, you could argue, okay, well, he was handed this pandemic and all this other stuff and post-Trump, blah, 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 blah. But he's not leading. He is being pushed around and he is letting America be pushed around. And I am not here for it. But nobody gets that. Nobody sees that because the media just touts good. There was like a poll after his address of like, you know, a high percentage of people were satisfied with his speech. And then like in the fine print, it was like, Majority of these people were Democrats. So, like, of course. Anywho, politicians will say they're satisfied with the Biden administration thus far. But American citizens like you and me have questions. We have grievances. And they're not being heard. Ultimately, I believe that America is being put last and it's really sad to see. I don't see stuff getting better anytime soon. I don't know when things are going to start opening up again, when we're going to go back to normal. That is the goal. We are not supposed to stay in this new normal. We want to be back to our old normal of, you know, hugging people and hanging out with people and going to restaurants at full capacity and going to concerts and doing things and not wearing masks and, you know, having a leader who is just bold and strong in their ways and can form complete sentences. Oops. But 
it's true. But uh, I don't want to be a hopeful ignorant. I want to be real about the situation. And I don't see things getting better anytime soon. I hope and pray that they do. I think what's going on right now will be very, very interesting to watch 2022 midterm elections. I think it will there will be a high potential that Republicans regain either the House and the Senate or at least one kind of as a referendum of what is going on right now. But we can only hope and pray. And and again, you know, I know I'm focusing on Biden and, you know, all of, you know, federal politics and stuff like that. We're probably never going to have a president that solves every issue of ours, but we can only hope for a better America. We can only hope that we have leaders who believe in the idea of forming a more perfect union and who just step up to the plate. I'm unsatisfied with Biden's 101st days, and I don't know what you think, but that's what I think. And I don't know what's going to happen after that. But that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Never miss an episode of Pull Up a Chair. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify and Anchor. Follow us on Instagram at pullupachair.podcast and like us on Facebook at Pull Up a Chair with Ashley Mayer.